Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the DolphinsTalk.com Podcast Network. Hey, Dolphin fans. Join myself, Michael Fink, and my Tua-loving son, Chris Ragoni, for the stretch run of the season and into the playoffs for our preview and review shows. It's going to be an exciting time. We're jacked up. This season has developed into one of the best ones we've had in a long, long time. So again, join us for two shows a week through the end of the season and the playoffs. All right. And it's another Fin Fans podcast this afternoon or this evening, rather. I am here with the Ragonis. How are you guys? Good. How are we doing today? Doing great. Doing great. Very excited. Very, very excited. Big, big win. Was a big win. Big win. Biggest win of the season, I say. Up to this point, biggest win. The most difficult opponent, in my opinion, that we faced up to this point. I mean, you could throw Buffalo That's in. what I was going to say. I think Buffalo might be a stronger team than Dallas. I don't know. It's tough. I mean, it's tough. It is tough. I, I, I still – but regardless, Mike, at this point in the season, this, this was the biggest win. Yep. It really was. And you know what will be the biggest win? Yeah. Next week. <laughs> That's right. But we're here to talk about the Dallas game. Chris, what were your thoughts on the game? Well, I was at the game, and the atmosphere was electric. Definitely felt like a playoff game. There was a lot of Cowboys fans there, and um, I'm sure you guys can hear it within that last five minutes of the game. Yeah. But for the most part, it was, I mean, it was loud the whole game. And the whole first half, it was raining on and off fans were going in and out and still on those third downs we were getting loud and i think it definitely because one thing that dak prescott relies on is that his pre-snap motions and uh his cadence and i feel like they they just weren't able to get fully in sync which was definitely an advantage for us we've seen that same disadvantage on the road right exactly yeah the crowd was loud the whole night. I mean, it was coming through the TV. It was really, really fun to watch that football game. Um, it, you know, it, it was like an old school game, wasn't it? I mean, how many times have we seen like big matchups to where they they just become blowouts or mm-hmm. they don't? It, I mean, last night's game was a perfect example of that when you saw Baltimore go against San Francisco. This game was built up and it became a one-sided affair. That game the other night between the Dolphins and the Cowboys 
was a rock'em, sock'em, physical, physical game. And, I mean, it, it, it was, you know, it wasn't like a finesse-type win for us, which is how we usually win a football game. And I know we've run the ball hard at times and, you know, have, have closed out games running the football. But, you know, when you look at the Dolphins and you can go across the country and ask any kind of, you know, people that commentary on the Dolphins, the media, they'll call, they would call us a finesse team without a question of a doubt. All they talk about is our speed. But this game, on both the defensive side and the offensive side, when it mattered late in the game, those first downs that we got at the end, grinding it out with our basically our third best running back, that, that was physicality involved in that win. And it was great to see. You know, you win games in a lot of different ways. The other night, we won that game on grit. It was a different type of win for us. It was. You know what I enjoyed about the game? Yes. Exactly what you said. Both teams were equally matched, I thought, you know, Mm -hmm. and it it was fun to watch. And you just didn't really know who was going to win the entire game. I did. Quiet (laughs) down, you. (laughs) It was funny, too, because after Sanders hit, I think, his first four on that last kick, I just couldn't help. I'm like, man, he's been so good tonight and for the most part this season. But there was something in my stomach that was like, this kick is too close, and I pray to God he doesn't miss this, man. I was doing the same, same, same exact thing. I was like, oh, God. Everybody was saying that we were watching the game with, oh, it's over, it's over. No, it's not over until that kick goes through the uprights. And speaking of Sanders, I'm glad you mentioned him, Chris. I mean, we had a lot of people that were very negative on him when he missed a kick or two early in the season. Talked about that a few weeks ago. And, um, boy, I'll tell you what. I mean, 350 yarders, and I think, did he have a fourth one that was 45, or that was just a short one at the end? Yeah, yeah that was yeah. a short one. I mean, but 350-plus kicks, including a 57-yarder. And, and, I mean, and a damp, wet football game. Yeah, and it was raining on and off exactly. I mean, without those points, we don't win that football game. I mean, those were long kicks. We kept bogging down right around the same part of the field, you know, around the 40-yard line. We just couldn't pick up another first down for one reason or another. So, I mean, those were absolute necessities. And it realistically should have had a fifth kick. You know, when McDaniel decided to go for it on fourth down from the five-yard line, we should have took the three points there. And then, you know, maybe we're looking at a little easier outcome at the end, you know, to where we're not sweating it out as we did. But um, well, I know I know at the time you were you were not happy about that decision. Oh, without a question of a doubt. I mean, you know, you knew it was going to be a nip and tuck game. So any opportunity you have down by the goal line, I mean, if it's at the one yard line, Mike, I can understand it. Mm-hmm. You know, but from the five yard line, you failed on three straight plays, and you didn't look good in the process. You just didn't. So what makes you think on fourth down, unless you have you know, some kind of crazy play that you haven't shown up to this point in the season, I'm not going for it. And I mean, that fourth down play, what was it? The fade again? Was that the fourth down or was that third down? Uh, it was terrible whenever it was. I don't remember which down it was. Do you, Chris? No. And what was funny about that sequence was after third down, like I mentioned, it was raining that whole first half. 
So after the third down, I really had to use the restroom. So I was like, all right, we're going to kick it. I mean, I should have thought it's McDaniel. So maybe I should wait to see what he does. <laughs> so I went to the bathroom and missed that whole sequence. And when I came out of the bathroom and I saw at the concession, I'm like, how does the Cowboys got the ball? What just happened? And then I had to have somebody explain to me that we went for it on fourth down. So I still haven't even seen that fade up until now, you know? Yeah. Oh, okay. So you saw the fade. So it was the fade on fourth down. It was another it, – it just wasn't executed. I mean, the receiver, and I believe it was Wilson once again, did not – he didn't even have an opportunity to make a play on it. The, the throw was out of bounds. It was kind of very similar to what we've seen – over the last couple of weeks in regard to that play call. It hasn't been effective. It hasn't worked. And, you know, I just hope that going forward that he is aggressive to some extent, but when you have an opportunity, to me, it just wasn't a smart situation. It wasn't a smart decision, period. But in the end, we still came out with a victory. Um, I love, the, as I mentioned, the grinding it out at the end. I, I mean, that was an absolute necessity. You didn't want to see Dallas get the football back. No, of course not. You just didn't. And you had to win the game. You didn't want to go into overtime because any little play, you know, can result in the end of a football game. And you battled. And you don't ever want to lose a game where you battle like you did. You and know? lose it's, a few more players. It's devastating. Exactly. It's, it's absolutely... You lose a game like for, I, I can imagine how Dallas feels right now, you know, going out there, a game that they absolutely needed to win, much like us, and you come out of it on the short end. And you don't want to do that. So, I mean, it, it, it was to me, I was the most happiest out of all the football games that we've played this year in the last couple of years. I mean, coming out of that game and getting that victory. That is the most happiest I have been in quite a while after a mm-hmm. Dolphin football game. And we've won some phenomenal games against Denver 70. But that game, I felt like, okay, you know what? Maybe this is going to finally get us a little bit of respect and put us on the map with some of these other teams that they keep talking about in regard to going deep in the playoffs, possibly the Super Bowl. Because we're not getting an awful lot of respect. And and, we, right. and we know why. Yeah. Because we haven't won a type of, you know, th- this type of football you got to build the blocks. It's like a wall, you know. You put one block on top of the other. Put one win on top of the other. And as you do that, you earn respect. And yeah. that's what has to happen. And then, you know, we've won some really good big games. I mean, you talked about the Denver game. There's been others. And now Dallas and uh, – you know, we just have to continue to do that. And if they do, then they'll get the reputation we all want them to have. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. This was a playoff game. Yeah. And this coming week will be a playoff game, and the following week will be a playoff game. So once the playoffs come, and we are now in it, you know, with the win, you know, we've clinched a playoff spot, we should be very well prepared for a playoff game because literally – This past week and these two upcoming weeks are playoff teams and then they're playoff games, plain and simple. So there's consequences if you lose. Yes. I mean, I love it. I love the fact that these guys are, you know, developing and you're seeing so many different contributors. I mean, Jeff Wilson at the end of the game Mm -hmm. was vital because A-Chan was banged up. Mostert was banged up. And he comes in the game and just is running hard and picking up first downs. Smythe, out of nowhere, catches. He had like 56 yards receiving in the game. That I think that's his biggest that's number. That's got to be his career high. got to be. 
Well, this season at least, you yeah. know. I mean, he, he may have had games in years past where he was close to that, but those five catches were vital. I mean, that drive before the half where he just kept catching balls, you know, all the way down the field, it was great in the middle of the field. I mean, Cedric Wilson had three for 42, okay? Then you throw in Chosen's one for 19, and you add those numbers up, guys, that's over 100 yards receiving from guys other than Waddle right. and Tyreek Hill. Right. And that's, that's a – what you want. That's a big number, and they were they were crucial, crucial plays. And um, you know, it, it was just great. You know how many catches Waddle had in the game, guys? How many? One. 50-yard reception, and that was it. Yeah. So, you know, we did this, and Tyreek's numbers were for him, marginal. Yeah. Nine receptions, 99 yards, 11 yards a catch usually his numbers <laughs> about double that right yeah. or close to double that so when i tell you that you know the running of wilson and the you know the running of mostert early on and then these other guys contributing major major factors major factors yeah and something that doesn't really pop up on the stat sheet that was good to see from my perspective at the game was on a couple different plays, Engold came through and just blew Micah Parsons up <laughs> like pancakes. And that was really cool to see. He even had a couple catches for 12 yards, which was nice. But, I mean, like you guys said, when you have 300 yards passing and only 100 went to Tyreek, you know, and, you know, Waddle was in and out of the game too. It was just awesome to see. I kept saying it every time he hit Smythe over the middle. I'm like, that's open all day. Speaking of Waddle, he got hurt. Yeah. Do you think that he's going to be able to play going forward? McDaniel came out and said that it's looking good, uh, or something to that, something in that vein is what he came out and said. So let's hope. The bottom line is that we've faced a lot of adversity through this whole season, sure missing, have. missing guys. I mean, and every time we've had other guys step up. And maybe you throw A-chan out there as a receiver. I mean, he, he's fast and he can catch the ball. Put him, put him in the slot. Move Cedric Wilson out wide. You know, there's, way, there's enough talent on this football team to where if Waddle is not playing, and I mean, it's going to be a big loss if he doesn't play. But, but if, he, if you don't have him, there's other guys that can step in and there's a game plan that I see in my mind. McDaniel's the genius, right? <laughs> he can come up with a game plan that'll be effective with or without Waddle. I mean, at times, guys, I swear that you see other guys get involved. And sometimes I think it's just as good a situation because he tends to favor Tyreek a lot. Sure. And when Tyreek's not in, you see a lot of other guys get involved. And I think it really, really, when, when you're defending us, in some aspect, it's it's maybe a little bit di more difficult for them trying to figure out who we're going to. Because Dallas never in a million years expected Smite to catch that many balls over the not. middle. Between him and Cedric Wilson, both of them, you know, eight catches for close to 100 yards between the two of those, they weren't expecting that. And that, that we need to do week in and week out going forward because these teams are just too good. Right. I personally would like us or like to see us sit Waddle for this game if he's not 100% just because we're going to need him down the stretch. And like you just mentioned, I mean, 
we've had to play a lot of games without offensive linemen. Uh, Tyreek missed a game. Waddle missed that game in Denver, and we still hung 70 on the board. So I would like to see us go the safe route. I mean, those high ankle sprains, you just they're they're kind of hard to gauge. But we should uh, find out within the next few days what the extent of the injury is, because as of today, Tuesday, there's still been nothing reported. You know, and, and the Waddle injury, okay, guys, I mean, as a Dolphin fan, I, I don't want to see any more of these end-arounds, jet sweeps, whatever label you want to put on that play. Tyreek got hurt on it, and it went for nothing. Waddle got hurt on the same exact play that Tyreek got hurt on. Let them catch the ball down the field. I mean, that this you know, this is my opinion the, the plays aren't busting open, you know, for whatever reason. They haven't been overly successful. If you want to run something like that, take Waddle and Hill on one side of the field to get all the attention there and then run Barrios on, on a jet sweep. I mean, this is a guy that's a kick and punt returner. Give him that opportunity or give a big, strong guy like Chosen. I mean, not Chosen. Um, Claypool. Claypool, that opportunity. Leave our receivers alone in regard to these things. I don't want to see defensive linemen and linebackers coming at them at 100 miles an hour and them trying to juke out the corners and so on and so forth. I mean, it just hasn't been successful. I want them to scratch that play among the fade pattern in the end zone. Get rid of those two plays and I'll be a happy camp for the rest of the season. Come up with... Come up with alternatives. Speaking of Claypool, I've been saying it for weeks, and I know he's still learning the playbook, and McDaniel may feel like he's not ready, but I really think, especially in the red zone, he can be a threat, Um, whether it's throwing that fade, which I guess we all feel the same. We don't want to see that no more, or jet sweeps, or whatever the case may be. But I think that whole narrative of him being a selfish guy and not really wanting to be there it was really cool because they recorded our sideline after Sanders made that game-winning kick. And the second guy behind McDaniel that ran out was Claypool, and he was pumped up. And then not only that, he's been playing a little bit of special teams. And I remember on one, I don't remember if it was a kickoff or a punt, but he flew down the field and made the tackle, and everybody just got pumped up. And that's mm-hmm. that's just great to see. I mean, the guy... He's doing whatever he can, but I really think he can be a big contributor down the stretch, especially because they haven't seen us use him at all. Right. So the maybe Mc- is there. Exactly. Maybe McDaniel is, you know, waiting or I don't know what the case may be, but we brought the guy in for a reason. And it'd be nice to see us use him a little bit more, especially if Waddle's going to be out. Now, I'm, I agree with you guys about the jet sweeps, but I think the reason that they run them is to force the defense to defend the entire width of the field. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, I think I think at this point, the trade-off, Mike, yep. is, is my issue, yep. right? What are you going to get out of that at best? Okay, maybe you get a first down. They follow Tyreek everywhere, period. Wherever he goes, they sure. follow him. So if you're going to have him running behind the line of scrimmage, you know there's a corner that's running with him. You know the safeties are watching him, Okay. I mean, you've got guys converging on him. If you fake it to him and you throw on the flat to Smythe and to Ingold, which we've seen them do right. at times, they're somewhat successful. 
Go that route. You know, just use them as a decoy. When they hand the ball off to either one of the guys, they haven't really been overly successful plays. And I, I just I just wish they would scratch it. I hear you. I hear you. I mean, you know, the, the proof is in the pudding, right? We've had, we've had two receivers both suffer high ankle sprains because of those particular plays. Mm-hmm. My issue isn't really so much the play call. It's the lack of execution on the blocking. Because it seems like every time we run that play, guys are missing their blocks yeah. and the receivers are getting hit before. I mean, even this past game against Dallas, we watched them run that with CeeDee Lamb, uh, Turpin, and both of those plays weren't huge chunk plays, but they moved the sticks on them. So, I mean, until we can get the blocking executed on that, I agree with you guys. I mean, we should just scratch that as of now, you know. Yeah, I think you have to know, you know, when your when your backups are in there that you know that you're relying on, and uh, you know what you suffer in the, in that process. You're right. Here's the thing, guys, and I don't remember who said it, but when you start going to gimmetry, gimmetry and stuff like that, it means that you don't feel that doing what you do is going to be successful. And sometimes McDaniel overthinks things, especially inside the red zone. Simplify. You're doing things in a way that you're moving the football. And then all of a sudden you see us doing end arounds on a first and ten. Why? It's not necessary. It's just not. You're moving the football. You're doing things. And I see too much of this. I just see too much gimmickry. You got to just Stay, stick to the basics at time and times and not overthink. Sometimes he just overthinks situations and, and it, and it causes issues for us. It puts us in bad positions. When you run these jet sweeps, you have to have a lot of guys execute properly, right? Instead of having Tua take a two-step drop and throwing the ball in the flat to end gold or whatever, I'd, I'd rather see that. You know, I don't need to see, you know, guys running one way, running the other, and double handoffs and all this other bullshit going on. You know, just just simplify it. We 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 have the ability with the players that we have to execute and to pick up first downs. Nobody can cover Tyreek or Waddle down the field. We had a we had a third down play, Mike, in the game at some point. It was third and three or third and five. And what did they do? They ran a simple out to Tyreek. He did a little juke inside and bounced it outside. Tua threw it out there. Easy as pie. Easy as pie. I mean, anything to the outside is going to be there because the the teams don't expect Tua to throw the ball outside. You seriously cannot cover our guys, whether it be him or Waddle, period. I don't care who it is. And if you take Tyreek down the field and run a guy on a simple out underneath him, it's going to be open. It should be. It's an impossibility to cover our guys. I think sometimes we just overthink situations. And um, what I want to see going forward is some wrinkles, you know, some different things with the personnel that we have. Not double reverses and, you know, jet sweeps and so on and so forth. But incorporating a guy like Smythe maybe right down the middle of the field, you know, or Cedric Wilson going right down the seam with Waddle and Hill bunched on one side to where the safety can't get there to help the corner that's covering him. Isolate him and and have Tua throw the ball down. That type of stuff is what I want to see going forward. 
Call and play a 60-minute football game is not an easy job. Not when you're the head coach. No. I mean, you get emotional, too. I yes. mean, sometimes the heat of the moment, and I think that fourth and five, he's like, you know, well, we're going for it. You know, it, sometimes it takes a guy upstairs to, to say, see Wait what's a minute. going on. Yep. You know what? They're defending us really well. We're we're going to just kick the – let's just get the three points and, you know, get down here again at some point, you know, during the course of the game. I mean, you know, it is what it is. But um, let's talk about the defensive side a little bit, guys, because it's been all offense for That's the most generally part, right? how we roll, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We talked a lot about the offense, the defense. Let me tell you something. So week in and week out, I talk about our run defense. And, again – Look at Pollard's numbers, right? These guys are good running backs that we're going against week in and week out. 12 attempts, 38 yards, and three yards a carry. And that's a little bit better than the last couple of weeks because they've been holding guys to two yards a carry. I remember me saying I ain't worried about Pollard. No, exactly. And Prescott, five rushes, 25 yards. He had one big run in the fourth yep. quarter, 22-yard run. Other than that, his other four runs trying to get away from our run, uh, our pass rush, three yards. Yep. Three yards basically is what they're, you know, they credited him with five attempts for 25 yards. They did an outstanding job. The defensive line, Chubb and Van Ginkle, sack and a half each. They pressured him quite a bit. I mean, let me tell you something. If 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 it was a lesser quarterback, we would have had probably six or seven sacks. They were around him and draping all – and he, some of the passes that he got off were just like, my God, yeah. how did he get at it? In him? their grip. Yeah, in their grip. He had one arm and was just dumping it. They did an outstanding job. Then you go to the secondary – and, you know, they hit a couple plays. You know, we, we had miscommunication on the touchdown to CeeDee Lamb. That was a big play for them. And, you know, I talk about this all the time, too. Sometimes you have to give the other team credit. I mean, Cooks just made an outstanding – it was a great throw by Prescott and a great catch by Cooks. And then on the opposite side, X-Man had perfect coverage. Was, I was going to say, it was who, a great play. Who was the receiver? Thinking. Who was the receiver that made that play? Was it Turpin or was it no, the other? it was – I can't even remember his name. It's their fourth receiver. I mean, it was a great play. Either yeah. one of them could have came down with it. Um, so sometimes you have to give the other team credit. And this is – that was a very mm-hmm. talented talent. This is a very talented, talented Dallas Cowboy football team. So – you knew that there were going to be plays made by that football team, but they kept them to a minimum, and that's all you can ask for. I mean, they took Ceedee Lamb out of that game in the second half. Yeah. He's not that particular play that you're talking about. Uh-huh. You couldn't have asked more from Xavier. What else could he have done? Exactly, he was right there. He was right there. The guy just wrestled. You know, when they're falling backwards like that, yep. you know, I feel the receiver always has. Uh, the advantage because the corner is usually trailing the play. As they were falling, you know, sometimes the way your body hits the ground, you know, if your elbow hits first, your ball, you know, your hand comes off the ball, and and the receiver gets the advantage at that point. Sometimes it works in the defensive back's way. Unfortunately, it didn't. But he was in position to make the play. And even when Dallas got in close, I mean, how many downs did it take them to finally get that touchdown? Yeah. I mean, fourth down, we had the um, the holding penalty in the end zone. I think X-Man and um, uh, who was it? Elliott both got flagged on that play. 
and rightfully so. When they showed the replay, they did both grab. But Dallas had to work. I mean work to get any kind of points in that football game. I mean, it took them eight downs to get in. And then the fumble early in the game. I mean, they were down there and they had opportunities. And what people don't realize, um, somebody made the comment to me about, oh, well, you guys got a gift, you know, on the fumble on the first drive by Dallas. And I said, okay, just hold on a second here, okay? What you don't realize is what happened on third down. That is why it came the fourth down. Pollard had the outside, and Elliott came up and basically high tackle and just held him back, and then somebody else came in and hit him. It looked like a short touchdown, and out of nowhere, they stopped him. That created the fourth down fumble. So, don't talk to me about you got a gift because we held them for third down, right. for three it. downs. That was yep. fourth down when they were going for it. So, you know, pe- people talk about you're fortunate, you're this, you that. Yeah, okay, great. They, the fullback did fumble the football, but we got it to that point to where it was a fourth down play. Maybe the guy was shitting in his pants because he knew it was a fourth down and he saw Wilkins coming. I don't care. The bottom line is, is that they went out there, they played a great football game on the defensive side. We were shorthanded again in the secondary without Holland. Um, you know, so we're still not at full strength there. Ogba did not play. Ingram was on the field quite a bit off the scrap heap. Hasn't yeah. played a down of football this year. So we were down a few guys, and yet they still went out and beat, beat a really good offensive football team. So I can't say enough about the defense. Any final thoughts, Chris? Um, speaking of the defense, got to give a shout-out to Duke Riley, man. He's – He's been playing great since Baker's went out. And not only does he play great, he brings energy. He brings he's he's calling the plays now on that defensive side too. So he's he knows the defense. He looks like he's very comfortable and we've seen him make a lot of plays. I haven't really since he's came in seen got whether it's a missed tackle on a running back or a tight end coming over the middle like, "Oh man, Duke Riley, you know, that was a bad play by him." So he's he's playing great in, in Baker's absence. And we have got a lot of guys on that defense that play with energy. Absolutely. That's I mean, you talk about mm-hmm. physicality and the Wilkins. I mean, they were chirping from early in that game with the offensive line. They were saying, hey, guys, you assholes are in for a long night. We're not taking no shit from you. I don't care how good you guys think you are. We, we are better. And Siler, Wilkins, Chubb, Van Ginkle – Riley, as Chris mentioned, they all brought it to the table. I mean, they are physical, and our secondary can hit too. I mean, our guys hit. They pop. I mean, so you got to love that. I mean, when you face the Miami Dolphins, all you hear about is Tua and Hill and, you know, the speed speed and so on and so forth. They never mention the fact that our defense is very physical, and they're a top five defense again, I'm sure, after the other night. So – You know, you could talk all you want about Baltimore and San Francisco and some of these other defenses. The Dolphins, if you know, if and when Holland comes back, he is definitely coming back at some point. And once you get the depth of Ogba back, as long as we don't have any injuries going forward, I'll tell you what, you know, we're going to be the talk of the town come, you know, these next couple of weeks because you're playing two good offensive teams. And I think that these guys are going to be up to the task. I mean, they're gelling right at the right time. Well, from your mouth to God's ears. (laughs) (laughs) I've heard that somewhere before, Mike. Who quoted that? I don't know. 
Was it Lombardi? <laughs> <laughs> Looking back at the Dallas game, Miami Dolphin fans should be proud of the way the team played. Yes. They were up to the task. Absolutely. Big game and they brought it. Yeah, oh, yeah. That's all you can ask for. Without a doubt. And I'll tell you what, two weeks from now, I mean, you know, we're talking about Baltimore, mm-hmm. but two weeks from now when we're back home against Buffalo, got to have the same effort. You know, two are in this game who we didn't really talk about at all before, you know, we, we, we get off here at some point. Tua played an exceptionally sound football game. He did not throw a pass that I was like, my God. Why would he throw that? That should have been intercepted. I didn't see anything like that over the course of the game. He was off on some simple throws. Simple, and, and he's been doing that here and there. But I think every quarterback, I think we just look at it because – Not every day is your best day. Yeah. And, and you know what? I felt that he managed the game perfectly. He really did. I mean, inside the red zone – He's had some issues. Some of the throws just I don't think are where they should be. But he got us up and down the field. He knows what he's doing. He's confident out there. Nothing is phasing him at this point. And it's great to see. It really is. I mean, we're going to need him incredibly over these next couple of weeks. He's got to play sound football, and he and he did a really good job the other night. Yeah. My favorite play um, from two, actually, I think it got overlooked a little bit because it was on that first drive. But that throw to Waddle, I mean, he drops back. He's in his own end zone. Parsons is coming from his blind side, and he feels it. I've seen a couple different angles of it. He steps up and just delivered a 50-yard bomb right on the money. I mean, that that was a great throw. It set the tone. It really yeah. did. It did. It, Dallas was like, oh, shit, they're going to throw the ball deep. They, they were throwing the ball deep early. And then they kind of went away from it for the most part. Yeah, they because, sure did. I mean, Dallas probably said, hey, these guys aren't going to just, you know, dink and dunk. Uh, we've got to keep both safeties back or else yep. it's going to be a long-ass night. That's we exactly can't, what happened. Yeah, we can't cover these guys. And, and nobody can. I've said it over and over. I don't care if it's Stephon Gilmore. I don't care if uh, Michael Haynes and um, Daryl Green come out of retirement. Our guys are tough. You know, they are extremely if tough. If, if they're, they're healthy, healthy. exactly. So. And both of them are a little dinged up. Yeah. So enough with the jet, see, uh, jet sweeps, McDaniel. Get <laughs> these guys down the field to where all they got to worry about is having a corner trip them up as they're uh, trying to get into the end zone. You know, if, if we're running and they pull the safeties up, we throw over the top. And uh, that's, you know, that's winning football. That's what you do. Yeah. <laughs> so... All right, guys. Uh, we'll be back later in the week to talk about the Ravens. Yeah. Yeah, that's Big gonna, game. It's going to be a good Big one. Big game. Gonna be, they looked awfully good last they night. Did. My they goodness. Did. They took it to San Francisco. Hopefully our guys are up to the task, and I think they will be. As long as they can communicate yeah. and don't have the big mistakes and yeah. they come out and play football, I yes. think we'll be okay. But that's a big if. Mm-hmm. So, all right. We'll uh, be back later in the week. Until then, uh, well, until then, thanks for listening and ends uh, up, everybody. Bins up. Hope everybody had a good Christmas. Bins up, Dolphins. Sports Social Podcast Network.